0: Hello friends, welcome back to A Stillness. This episode is a little unique in that you hear me talking directly to my Patreon sacred supporters, who also have access to a workbook or a guidebook. However, I still wanted to include this episode so that y'all could listen through some of what I offer, and to also give a little introduction here. I know that a handful of you listening are new. Welcome. It is a joy to meet you. You are such a delight, and I'm so glad you're here. My name is Abby. I am a trauma-informed yoga instructor and embodiment coach, and I am also currently like a full-time college student, creating this kind of really mindfulness-centered content that is often coinciding in real time with what I'm personally learning or relearning and putting into practice. So that's what this episode is. If you want access to the guidebook that I refer to at the beginning of this episode, that is available on Patreon. You can join Patreon at patreon.com slash Abigail Jewel. That's my name. A-B-I-G-A-I-L-J-E-W E-L-L for $5 a month. That's the price I chose when I set up Patreon, and that's the price it's gonna stay. I have not raised it with inflation. It's really important to me that it be really accessible. So if $5 a month is something that you are willing to donate towards this work, know that you will get a couple extra perks like those kinds of workbooks as well as archives of podcast episodes, old podcast episodes, and audio guided meditations, all those kinds of goodies. No pressure, but just in case you're confused at the beginning of this episode, that is the content I'm referring to. Hello friends, and welcome back to another audio guide along with a little workbook. Um, I don't know if I like the term workbook. I already think life is hard enough, right? Like the last thing we need is a workbook, but I don't have a better word right now. So that's what we're going to go with. This theme, this practice that I'm personally exploring right now is retreat, kind of a look at the word retreat, uh, because I find a really interesting duality in that concept, which we'll get into in a moment. However, if you're just seeing the audio guide, please do note that I will be running through some journal pages. There we go, journal pages, Um, or a little workbook. If you'd like to follow along, if you are a note taker, Or if it's just helpful to maybe listen and then come back to some of those pages, they're mostly full of journal prompts and just a couple other notes on what I hope this is offering you. So this is a retreat and this is a guided practice for when we need to give up the fight. So retreat means several different things, which is fascinating The first page and the first definition that we're looking at is retreat in the sense of like to pull back from danger, to retreat from an enemy. Some other definitions consider a retreat when we remove ourselves from some source of overpowering harm. Like retreat is often coinciding with a defeat, The prompts on this page invite us to consider where we are needing to retreat. This can be an especially helpful page for those of us prone to self-sabotaging, those of us prone to kind of getting in our own way and battling just for the sake of battling, fighting, pushing, hustling, grinding, but just... For the sake of being able to say that we're doing those things, this is quite countercultural. Busyness is innately seen to be a sign of success. Um, this workbook, this project, is because I am wanting personally to revamp what success looks like and feels like and flows like. As you all know, I go through seasons of ebb and flow. I'm in a season of flow right now. I cannot stop creating no matter what I try to do, no matter how I try to prioritize my time. Here we are. So this page asks, where in life, where in life do you feel that you are battling? What are those areas, situations, people, relationships, projects that you are just constantly fighting about, fighting around. I want to say we tend to think of the word fight as like this really um, like negative thing, right? Like in relationships, we don't want to fight, for example. But fighting can also mean that you're fighting for something. So as a personal example, I feel like I've been battling for creative time painting. I have several canvases that are all prepped and ready to go. I have several ideas that I'm ready to like put to canvas and yet I feel like I'm always battling or scrambling to try to find the time to actually sit down and like do those projects and do those projects in a way that's enjoyable. Um, These are projects like for my home. They aren't paintings I intend to sell. They are Really first and foremost, just for me, my pleasure, my artistic experience. And yet, I feel like I have had to fight to like, get the projects started, much less get the projects completed. So fighting does not inherently mean a negative thing, like like butting heads with something. But also can just be this sense of like, man, I'm really having to advocate way more than I feel like I should be having to advocate for this thing. Some other prompts kind of fall into that same category, like where you're fighting and the fight itself is maybe not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just requiring that like advocacy energy from you. Where are you fighting for respect? Where are you fighting for dignity? Um... Other ways those questions could be phrased are, with whom do you have to fight for respect? With whom do you have to fight for dignity or decency? And then another question, and this is my personal favorite this year, as my year has been focused a lot on functionality and reminding myself that I deserve to function and learning a lot about neurodivergent behavior. But that is another question here. Where are you fighting for functionality? What are the spaces in your life, the places in your life, maybe even the people in your life that you feel like you have to like gear up for battle for just to function in those spaces, places, or relationships? The next page of prompts focuses more on the other definition of retreat. So that definition is a source or place of quiet meditation and possibly solitude. And this is that duality within the word retreat that's just really been fascinating me recently. Retreat is both to pull back from like this battling, fighting setting And retreat as a noun, as not a verb, means like a place that offers you that refuge, a place that offers a bit of sanctuary. So a great question, great questions to ask yourself here involve where in life do you feel overwhelmed? Where are you Needing some refuge? Where do you go for recovery? And just as important, where or who or what or all of the above, do you leave feeling refreshed? Where are those places that already naturally or intuitively function like a retreat? Where do you function well or easily? Again, what are those spaces, places, people where you're able to function and it's not a battle? As we uh, kind of hold the duality of the word retreat, the next two journal prompt pages Invite you to personalize a retreat for you right now. In the little subtext, it says, like, personalize to you right now. And I want to emphasize the right now because what feels refreshing and like a retreat in this particular moment may not be what feels refreshing or like a retreat a year from now. And you might also be in a season of life where you're like, I don't know, I'm not feeling really overwhelmed, I'm actually feeling pretty great thanks for noticing. <laughs> like, And that's okay too. I personally have been really battling kind of against the script, the social script, the cultural script, the hustle and grind script, um, the expectations that I feed myself, the expectations that I absorb from others. That's where I'm at. Hence, this reframing has been really needed for me. Um, but I also am fully aware that what feels like that solitude, like that quiet, that place where my life becomes a meditation, that is going to change. Like not only, you know, year to year, but often like month to month, season to season. So feel free to really personalize this to you in this moment, knowing that things can change. A retreat is not rigid. Like there's some... Structure, there's some intention, but it's only to uphold like your well being. It's only to uphold your practice of pulling back. And so not only is it personalized, but like we're not always in seasons of life where we need to pull back. I hope that makes sense. We are not always in a retreat mode. Um, And that's also a good thing. Maybe part two of this will be like, and then how to, you know, get back out there. This part one, at least, asks you to really dream. So as though you could build or dream up a retreat from the ground up, describe what this retreat would look like, where this retreat could take place and who this retreat would be supported by. And if you'd like, as you consider these things, begin to source your options. So as you say, what would this feel like? Um, This would feel like quiet. This would feel like less work hours. This would feel like, you know, X, Y, or Z. As you do that, just as an example, you could also put like in parentheses or in a little note below that section, where you could source options for this. So, okay, maybe contact my boss about not working weekends. Maybe uh, contact someone who recently said they want to pick up some shifts at work and then do that. Maybe remind coworkers that I'm not reachable after 5.30 p.m. Whatever you need to do, To hold that boundary in balance. Where this retreat could take place. This is where, and again, you can dream. Like, you can dream from the ground up. My dream is really small. My dream is, like, work less hours, sleep in more often. But maybe your dream retreat is, like, I want to go to Columbia. And I want to just, like, peace out. And I want to, like, not post about any of it on Instagram. And I want to, like... Kind of, you know, get lost in the world for a moment. Like, still, as you begin to dream up this magnificent retreating, source your options. Like, what would it take to make this happen? I'm not guaranteeing that any of this will happen. But I think it's an important exercise for the imagination to say, wow, there really are some steps we could take. And we'll get into that even more. Don't forget the who on this page. Who would you be supported by? This is not the place to list who you are not supported by. We already know them. They're already taking up too much headspace, okay, loves? This is where you write who would support your magnanimous retreat. Then, next page of personalizing this to you in the right now. As you begin to source those options, consider how you could bring this retreat into being and also consider the lifestyle shifts that could offer you some moments of surrender, i.e. what from that previous page can you implement in some kind of routine, supportive, or resourceful way? So again, for me, this would involve like cutting back on some work hours, changing some expectations around work and what I want to do professionally, A lifestyle shift could be scheduling specific time for work, which I'm not good at because a lot of my work is freelance and creative, but, you know, dedicating one day a week or one morning or dedicating my afternoons to that kind of work and then my mornings to school or other obligations that I have, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Limitations help with creativity so again we're not looking for anything rigid but we are looking for like loving structure because again the the hope here is that we're emphasizing our own functionality in this space that is a little softer in this space that is aware of what has been an overpowering source of harm or overpowering sources of harm to us in our lives so the how this is where you can kind of okay, what would it actually take for this to happen? And then what are lifestyle shifts you could do now? In the other example, in the like, oh, I want to move to Colombia and just like peace out from the world for a while. Maybe a lifestyle shift is peacing out. Like maybe it's not going to Colombia and just, you know, traveling till there's no money left in your bank account. But maybe a lifestyle shift is like, Oh, deleting social media or maybe not even that far. Maybe it's just the next time that you would do something not feeling obligated to post it on social media. What are some of those like more almost insidious in the nitty gritty of life ways that a little bit of retreat, a little bit of surrender could actually be really, really powerful and empowering for you? And then Also, I invite you to list support and sources on this page. So this can be people for sure, but again, other sources of retreat in your life. Uh, This can be reaching out to the friend that came to mind on that previous prompt of, you know, who are the people that I leave feeling refreshed by? Maybe in your support and sources section, you make a note of that friend or of that person in your life. Maybe it's a particular place, a park that you love, a spot in your garden that you really adore, but you don't hang out in that often. I'm preaching to myself here. Like, what are those little, they don't have to be little, but I find they often are kind of smaller sections of life that really do support your well being. And can we make a note of them here? That's what that part of the page is inviting us to do. The last page lists three yogic virtues or practices that I find kind of overlap in the study of retreat. And these can be any practice. These are listed so that you can incorporate them more maybe into those lifestyle shifts, into those practices, but also so that you can make note if one of these particularly speaks to you or is of interest to you. So these are all yamas. Um, I guess, except for the last one, I lied, which is uh, nayama. But these practices are considered vital for those practicing yoga in all areas of life. Really, those practicing yoga Um but especially yoga as a lifestyle, if you will. And the very first one is probably the most well-known one, which is ahimsa, which is nonviolence. It's important, though, to understand that nonviolence isn't just the practice for why many yogis don't eat meat, for example, nonviolence towards animals. But nonviolence is actually first and foremost a practice of nonviolence towards self, with the idea being that we cannot actually with an awareness, avoid violence towards others if we are constantly violent towards our own being. So kind of, and this coincides with like the Christian ideal that, you know, sin isn't only the action, that it happens in the heart first. This is sort of that same idea, like how we are internally is going to show up externally. And though externally living a nonviolent life is beautiful, if internally there's a lot of violence and harm towards self if there is that self-sabotage if there is that constantly putting ourselves in harm constantly not retreating and instead just being surrounded by those overpowering sources of harm then we're not actually practicing nonviolence. The next yama is Svadahaya, which is my personal favorite, being the very cerebral person I am, but it's self-study. It's also sometimes described as the study of one's divinity, so not just getting to know yourself or quote-unquote getting to know like your ego, but really getting to know the elements of you that align with holiness, with a righteousness, with a perfection, with an innate, inarguable goodness. The practice of retreating, especially if it comes from a place of nonviolence, like retreating because giving up the fight is actually the holy, mature, beautiful, profound thing to do. Uh, of so Sweaty Haya is that is that it is the practice of retreating not because we're uncomfortable or not because things have simply quote unquote gotten too hard it's knowing when to retreat because something is truly offensive to our soul like on that level your presence cannot stay there anymore which is scary But also so empowering to know those boundaries and limits of ourselves and in ourselves and making those gentle lifestyle changes and maybe even plans for a larger retreat so that we can like regulate, come back to equilibrium, exist in a way that is true to who we are. The last uh, nayama, which is similar, yamas and nayamas kind of play off of one another, is Ishvara Pranidana, and it is surrender. And the practice of surrender in yoga is a practice of acceptance. And surrender truly is the practice of accepting like when it is time to give up the fight. Surrender isn't just I surrender and I let go because I like have no eagle and ego and now I'm transcendent like the practice of surrender in yoga is a practice of wow I don't actually have to put in this effort and I can accept the shifts that are going to happen as I let go. It's like this aware letting go, if that makes sense. And it's not to feed our sense of spirituality or superiority. It's really just so that we can function. It's like this beautiful blend of honoring that holiness in us, that divinity within us, and yet also existing as like fully human, humans who get overwhelmed and tired and burnt out and sometimes need a break, need to retreat, need a bit of solitude and quiet. So those are three really kind of beautiful points to start with if this practice has interested you or if as you've journaled more and more things have come to mind, maybe about where things are out of balance, where the practice of retreat would be one That is more true to you, more honoring of your soul, your values, your needs. I've also listed in the description of this guide a couple books I recommend as well. One of the books is literally called Burnout by the Nagoski sisters. There's also the book Wintering by Catherine May and a couple others Feel free in the comments to add your own or other resources that you think people also needing a season of retreat in life may find helpful. As always, I love you all and I'm grateful for your support now and always. Blessings.